0: Alright, what's up guys? Welcome back to the Riggs Rag pod. Ian Cummings here uh, with Nathan Britton. He's back and Jacob Kamaker. He's also back. A little less exciting because he's been back before. But um, yeah, it's the OG crew. We're back again and uh, we're here with another podcast episode. Last time, I think it was with Ken roster predictions yeah roster predictions so if you want to look that up see what we thought about you know how the roster might shake out it's still pretty early but uh we we gave our projections we each did our own articles so you want to check that out the articles are on the site the podcast is on the site uh today a little something different for you we're going to do some under the radar storylines uh some of them aren't quite under the radar but some current events too we're going to dish on that we're just going to kind of keep you guys in the loop what we've been doing all offseason we're going to do it again today A quick note, the supplemental draft, we provided you with some coverage there this week, and uh, the Redskins did not draft anyone, they didn't sign any free agents afterwards, so that's in the rearview mirror, we can forget about that. It's time to look forward, and we got a lot of things to look forward to, and we're going to talk about some of those, but first off, Nathan, it's been a while man, how you doing?
1: Doing good, how you guys doing? It's good to be back on, I, I, I missed it.
0: Yeah, dude, I don't blame you, man. It's a, it's a, it's a fun time for sure. And we've been trying to keep a regular schedule, but uh, even in the summer, it, it can get pretty busy. So I don't know, Jacob.
2: Oh, I'm living large, man. I'm doing great. Glad to have Nathan back on. Let's
1: have some fun today. I haven't talked to you. I see you're <laughs> uh, you're up at NBC Boston, or what is it? Yeah, I'm at NBC Sports Boston. That's but... awesome, man. Congrats. That's a cute. That's a great gig. Thank you. I appreciate it. Having a lot of fun there. Uh, so that's awesome
2: getting to cover my hometown team, so having a lot of fun, but I'm also still a Redskins rider by night, so (laughs) covering two major cities here.
0: Living as large as Taco Fall over there or not quite?
2: Ooh, I don't know if I can ever live as large as Taco, man. That's (laughs) just something to watch.
0: Definitely something to watch. Okay, we'll we'll hold you to that, so that's your goal. All right, um, we'll get right into it. Um, We got some storylines on deck to talk about. I feel like it's most appropriate to talk about the current events first and Nathan you've got something that you saw uh, on Twitter it's actually been going around making its rounds pretty quickly and getting some people fired up so you want to talk about uh, this whole Trent Williams thing apparently there's a new wrinkle in the mix
1: yeah so everybody knows the same old Trent Williams isn't there he's not happy whether it's the medical how he was taken care of by the medical staff with that growth on his head or whether it's contract or a mixture of both but last night uh, 106.7 the fan Chris Russell he Made it known that it's not a report. He's not reporting it, but his belief, I guess we could call it, is that he thinks some of Trent Williams' hard feelings towards Redskins started last year when they took Jaron Christian as early as the third round. He kind of thinks maybe he looked at it and sees the writing on the wall of you know I'm older, uh, my contract's expensive. They can get out of me next year, which would be the 2020 season uh, for I believe two million or just slightly above that in dead money. They draft this young guy as high as three. You know, and just thinks that that kind of disrespect and lack of security might be kind of looming, and sees it coming. So a lot of people kind of got upset with him about it, and a lot of people said that you know this is fake news. Started spouting off about how he personal, you know, uneducated, kind of just spouts off and rants or whatever. I feel kind of the same. I don't think Trent Williams is necessarily going to sit here and and hold out over that. I think that one line I saw somebody say is that Lions don't concern themselves with sheep or whatever, and I think that's kind of true. Trent Williams knows who he is. He knows his value. He knows what he can do when he's on the field, and I think that it's common sense to realize that the Redskins know that too. They're not going to just get out of this contract simply because they can. They know what the difference of having him on the field and not having him on the team is going to be and especially with the rookie quarterback, I think that maybe that's that's something that we could look at. Maybe it's one of those things in the back pocket that if Trent Williams was given a little bit of truth serum, that would get on the board as like a, one of the smaller percentage reasons why, but I don't think it's enough to spark what's going on.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I would tend to agree. kind of just came out of the blue, uh, but uh, it doesn't really make sense on the surface.
2: Oh, listen, I mean, if, it, if it's what he feels is something and he's not reporting it as actual news, It's fine to have your own opinions on things, but um, I don't think that Williams would be, you know, I don't think the pick of Jerron Christian would sow the seeds of unrest for Williams, mainly because if you look at the Redskins roster, Williams was still under contract, and yeah, they drafted a tackle that was because Ty and contract was up after this past season, and they knew they couldn't afford to pay him, Williams, and Moses. So in all likelihood, Christian was drafted as a guy with high athletic upside who could be turned into a potential starter at some point but at least in the short term, I'm imagining their view was to use him as the replacement swing tackle for Nseki and see how he progressed. I mean, maybe there's some truth to the fact that Williams wasn't exactly happy with that being the pick. Like, maybe you would have rather seen them get someone else or something else to help the team, but I can't imagine that it would be that big of a deal at the end of the day.
0: Yeah, and Russell said on his Twitter account, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people, we're talking to him about this, and uh, he said that it's just his opinion, not a report, just his opinion using common sense. So maybe maybe an issue should be taken with how it was presented, you know, because he's a guy who commonly, you know, uh, implies that he has insider information and stuff. And sometimes, you know, maybe he does have sources for some things, like uh, during the coaching turnover in the offseason. But uh, for this one, people might have coupled those two things together. Uh, but it looks like it's just an opinion trying to put some context into the mix and try to uh, formulate an argument that might not be there. So I don't know. I, I do think um you know you could you could spin it that way, but like you guys both said, you know, they kinda knew Ty and Seki was gonna leave. Getting depth at tackle is never a bad idea. And I think, you know, Trent Williams probably he he knew that. And if if he if he did take an issue with it, uh, you know, th- there might be other problems there, so I don't know. It, that's definitely an interesting topic, one that will probably be talked about more in the coming days. But so uh, we got, we got to move on. Let's go to another storyline and under the radar storyline. Let's move to the defensive side of the ball. Jacob, you're intrigued about the depth in the secondary. Uh, two players in particular.
2: Yeah. So if you look at the if you look at the Redskins secondary there's going to be a lot of competition at the corner and safety positions because they're two of the more unsettled positions on the roster. Uh, Team has a lot of depth at corner and almost no depth at safety, Uh, but you're still going to see a couple of guys entering their second year who are going to be battling for roster spots maybe a little bit sooner than a lot of people thought. Uh, Troy Apke and Adonis Alexander – both were selected in 2018, Apke in the regular draft and um, Alexander in the supplemental draft. Apke currently is slated as the fourth safety on the roster, or at least I have him as the fourth safety on the roster. He's a super athletic dude, but we haven't seen him actually play well on defense. He was really a project player coming out. People thought the Redskins reached on him in the fourth round. Uh, even with the weakness in safety, he's going to have to prove that he can play on the field um, and that's going to be a big storyline in training camp because if he can't progress, there's a possibility a guy like Jeremy Reeves or JoJo McIntosh could overtake him. And then for Alexander, that cornerback that room is really crowded right now, and you know that Norman Moreau and uh, Quentin Dunbar are all going to make the team, obviously, and start be the th- top three guys. But beyond that, you have Greg Stroman, Dominic Rodgers-Cromartie, Alexander, Danny Johnson – and I'm leaving one out. Jimmy Moreland, that's it. So How do you, you leave out Jimmy guys.
0: Moreland, man? Come on.
2: I know, right? How <laughs> can I forget Jimmy Moreland? His unbelievable ability to get uh, interceptions. Uh, but you got five guys fighting for three spots, and though Alexander was a draft pick and they invested something in him, you know he hasn't quite showed up in a year since being drafted by the team in the supplemental draft. So but he still has all the tools needed to be a good corner. So those are just a couple of guys that I'm going to be on the lookout for. And I'm wondering what you guys think of them or think of what their chances are of making the roster.
1: Yeah. If you don't mind, know, I'll go first. Um, I look at Adonis and, and Apke as is expendable options. that I think they would look to try to get on the practice squad. I believe they're still eligible. Um, if I had to, to pick which one is going to be on the outside looking in, it would probably be Alexander simply for the fact that I think we have, a, you know, while some of them are still relatively unproven, we have a solid depth at corner, whereas safety is kind of a little bit shaky. You have Collins. I know they brought in Rodgers, Camardi, and a lot of uh, conversation is that he's going to probably get moved back there. You have Nicholson if he can stay on the field. So, you know, you still have a lot of uncertainty there because Nicholson hasn't proven that he can do it consistently week in, week out, Dominique Rodgers Camardi who knows exactly how much he has left in the tank. So I think that kind of gives Apke a little bit more of a leg up and the fact that he was a higher draft pick and is, you know, you know, super athletic and could help on special teams. So that's what I'm that's that's where I am with it. Um, but I, I do think that, you know, there was some rumblings last year when they took Alexander that he could possibly get moved to safety and if he's you know, I don't know. We haven't heard anything about if he's been trying to do that, if he's has trying to do that, if, if he's gotten any reps here in these early workouts they've been having. But if that is, and he can kind of prove that he can fill in there and be as good or maybe a little bit better than Apke is right now, then I think that he could easily take over that spot just because he becomes more valuable at that point.
0: Yeah, I never – me personally, I never saw the um, – safety upside with alexander like i saw it like kind of theoretically it's just looking at his measurables you know he's like six three so he's a long guy uh but uh, he, i think he ran like a four six a mid four six uh it is 40 his pro day or whatever uh and if you don't have the speed to have that range as a safety then you got to be able to compensate with quick mental processing on the field he doesn't really have that either. He's a, just a really raw guy who doesn't even have top-notch athletic traits. He's really just kind of a long guy. I think in the mold of a Josh Norman, a really good press corner, he could he could have potential. I think that's where his, the height of his potential is at. But, you know, I, I, I can't source this. Uh, I, I don't remember where I saw it, but I saw something about how he was not performing up to expectations this offseason. And, you know, even no matter what, it's going to be tough. I mean, like Jacob said, you know, you got – dunbar moreau norman those are the starters and then you have greg Strowman, who was the team's highest graded corner on pff last year and uh, showed some good strides you know really good at mirroring receivers jimmy moreland who they drafted in round seven this year who's just got a nose for the ball rogers camardi uh, a versatile veteran i give all those guys the nod before alexander right now so i think he's definitely got an uphill battle and you gotta kinda tap into that upside and kinda decide where you're gonna put him. But uh yeah, there's definitely uncertainty. With Apke, it's not so much immediate uncertainty, but kinda uncertainty for the future because, you know, they can't really cut him right now. They they can't they can't cut the cord with this experiment this early, you know, just one year into it. Because he's got those athletic traits. You know, we know, you know, he's six one 200 he's got good size and you know running as as fast as he did with a vertical as high as he had you know you gotta try and glean more out of that experiment whereas with alexander he never really showed that so it's just uh, some differing circumstances but i would definitely agree that's something to watch not just not just at the top of those positions but at the bottom the redskins secondary is just a very intriguing uh place a very uh place of interest So let's move on. Let's go back to the offense. We're switching around here. Nathan, uh, you wanted to bring up the quarterback situation because we've been talking about Dwayne Haskins and Case Keenum all offseason, but you think there's a a third guy who could factor in the mix.
1: Yeah, I think we have just forgotten about Colt McCoy. That video came out um, of him at that NASCAR Formula One race where he's still on the crutches, and then it comes out a couple months later that he has had a slow rehab and had to go back in and get some more stuff done to his leg. But I think that this is Jay Gruden. I think everyone could agree that essentially this is Jay Gruden's lame duck year, barring some kind of uh, announcement where they guarantee him his full contract or they extend him. And I think that this is now or never time for Jay Gruden where he's going to put his foot down and try it out who he wants to try it out. We all kind of just pencil in Case Keenum as a starter and Dwayne Haskins as a guy who's going to come in three or four weeks in and just kind of take over that role. But I, I really think we discount if, McCoy comes to camp if he's eligible for camp, he's healthy and he gets some preseason action that looks good. And Jay Gruden feels good, he might just roll him out there. I think Jay Gruden has wanted him since he's gotten here. I think that Cole McCoy's never been able to a stay healthy, and b opportunities haven't really been able to present themselves. Jay Gruden got here, and it was kind of you have to play Robert Griffin, and then you know it was the the back and forth between the all three, and then it was kind of Colt Show, and then he hurt his neck and went back to. Kirk and Kirk kind of took over for a few years and then the Alex Smith trade. So I think that both Gruden and Cole McCoy, and it's been noted, Cole McCoy is kind of unhappy. He doesn't feel like he's ever been given a fair shot. I think they both kind of feel that way. And I think that if he's healthy, Jerry Gruden would love to kind of say, This is, you know, this is kind of, I got to save my job here. So if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with my guy. And we just kind of just assume because it's a first round pick and a guy who was traded and has you know, one year removed from a really good season, I think we we leave Colt on the back burner. And I see some people even suggesting he might not even make the team.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Jacob, you got some thoughts about this? I'll let you go first.
1: Yeah. uh, In reference to your
2: comment about Colt not making the team, I've seen some people say that. I still find that hard to believe solely because they cycled through four quarterback options last year And a lot of people are saying, like, yeah, if you get to your third quarterback, though, you're dead in the water. But the point is, if you keep McCoy, you wouldn't be dead in the water even if he is your third quarterback because then you have three guys who can at least win you some games if they have to start. Uh, So I think he makes the roster. I think he'll factor into the starting job. I still have him in third place in the race. Um, I think it's really going to come down between Haskins and Keenum. Uh, but I, I wouldn't discount McCoy. Uh, I just, I'm just not sure how he's going to look at the beginning of training camp. And that injury just concerns me. Um, and you know if, if I'm the coaching staff there and McCoy shows even like a hint of not being quite 100%, I would be more apt to keep him on the bench to start the year just to be sure he's fully healthy when and if he's needed um so that would play a role in it for me and I just think um Keenum and Haskins have a little bit more upside at this point point. and I love McCoy as a player he's super accurate but he just doesn't have that downfield arm strength uh but like you said he could end up being Gruden's guy so I wouldn't discount it I do think it's going to be I think it's going to be three people batting like, battling it out for that uh starting job but I do have him in third place in that battle right now yeah
0: yeah same I've um you know, in terms of his understanding of the offense, he's got the leg up there. Um, I just, I don't want people to go saying, you know, Colt McCoy is going to get the starting job because he deserves it. Cause I'm, I'm not sure that's the case. Cause like he's had opportunities last year uh, when Alex Smith went down, people were like, okay, maybe we'll get an upgrade with McCoy. Maybe he'll take more risks. And uh, I was like, you know, it was me and other people too, who were like, you know, Hey, slow down there because he's going to take more risks. But you're going to see the costs of that as well as the benefits. And we did. We saw him against Dallas throw two touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, you know, dangerous passes up the middle. You know, he, he's a gunslinger. He'll take those chances. But uh, you're going to have some inconsistency. You're going to have some back-breaking turnovers. And uh, ultimately, I think no matter how well he understands the offense, he's his best role is as insurance. And, uh, you know, if – Haskins isn't coming along as as fast as he should start don't start him maybe don't throw him into the fire so early especially if Trent Williams isn't there you know if the contract dispute is still going on but um if if McCoy isn't 100% don't force him in there either you know you you, you got Keenum who has experience you know I, I wouldn't defer to McCoy just because he's got the experience in the offense you know I think it's it's there's definitely more factors that go into it um yeah, but uh and it's situational too. Like we I just mentioned Williams, you know, if he's if he's not there, but if he is there, start I say start Haskins no matter what, you know, because the best way to develop a rookie quarterback is to get those reps, you know, and I don't think starting McCoy just because he has an understanding of the offense is going to do that. You want to give Haskins the ability and the opportunities to kind of hone his understanding of the offense through in-game reps and The best way to do that, of course, is to start him. But, um, yeah, there's definitely a lot of ways that it could play out. I don't know what you guys think about uh, Haskins in particular. Nathan, what do you think about Haskins and, you know, uh, the intricacies of his um, chances at starting? Is it situational for you, or would you try and ease him in with Colt McCoy and Keenum, or what do you think?
1: I really think it depends on where he's at, and I know that's kind of a bland answer, but... If, if he goes out into training camp and these preseason games and it's clear that Case Keenum is, is better or you McCoy is better, then I don't think you can start him, especially with that, that gauntlet they have the first few weeks. But if he goes out and he's picking everything up, and we've, we've heard mixed reports, we've heard he's looked really good days, he's looked really bad at times, and he's kind of picking stuff up but not as quickly as they want, but he's still is looking good at practices. So I think if he's anywhere in the same – you know, vicinity is those guys. you got to start them, and you kind of just take the good with the bad. Uh, this team's not going to win a Super Bowl at best. They're hoping to finish above 500 and maybe squeak into a wild card at best. But, you know, I, I think we can all look at this roster and assume that these injuries are going to happen again and the lack of weapons they have, and probably say this is an under 500 team. So I think if that's the case, you have nothing to lose. And, and from going back to what we were talking about a little bit ago, from the Jay Gruden standpoint, if you start him from the get-go and you can see gradual improvement, that almost guarantees. Yeah, you know what? We missed the playoffs, and you know we didn't. We didn't meet our goals, and this and this. But we can see from where week one is with Dwayne Haskins to week sixteen, seventeen, where he is. There's a there's a dramatic improvement. I think that kind of saves his job. So I really think yeah. it's kind of situational on what they feels best. I personally would start him. Um, I think that. What we've heard is, is good enough, and he may struggle a little bit with certain things, but you know you kind of get that, and he doesn't have you know Trent Williams there. He's not really you know everybody go full speed. He's not up to par with everybody, so I think once you get to game action and go through training camp, where everything's a little bit more intense. He'll kind of get his sea legs under him, and you kind of just trot him out, and I think the upside that you get with him is much higher than what you're going to get with Case Keenum or Colt McCoy, and I, I don't see the point in waiting unless he's just absolutely horrendous, which I can't imagine – the 15th overall pick being at this stage
0: yeah yeah for sure it's it's to sum it up all in one statement you know the, the looks like the primary objective of this season is going to be to you know if not to win you know if they exceed expectations if they don't it's to catalyze the development of Dwayne Haskins I don't see how sitting him for Colt McCoy does that you know what is starting Colt McCoy do do for you you know you know what he is he's not going to help you win and if you're not winning you might as well have your rookie quarterback in there trying to learn on the fly, you know, trying to learn from that experience. I don't know. It's a da- it could be a dangerous philosophy. I don't know what you think
2: about it, Jacob. Well, once upon a time, the Jacksonville Jaguars oh, yeah. selected someone oh, oh, yeah. in the 2014 NFL draft by the name of Blake Bortles. You'll see where I'm going with this momentarily. <laughs> that was a very weird segue. But when they drafted Bortles, they had two quarterbacks on their roster come the first week of the season. It was Bortles and Chad Henney. Now, I once had a debate with someone at a blogging job I worked for, well, now five years ago at this point, where we discussed whether or not Bortles should start week one. And my argument was that Bortles at that point in time was better than Chad Henney could be or could ever be. So even if he's equal to Henney, Bortles should start because he'll have the potential to develop. Now, that didn't happen with Blake Bortles. But the point still stands for Dwayne Haskins. He's got these two veteran quarterbacks here who we know can be solid, can fill in, can win some games. Uh, Keenum can even be a really like a, a solid low end starter for the entirety of a season, as we've seen, and he can lead a very stacked team like the Vikings to the NFC Championship game. Now the question becomes, as you referenced earlier, Nathan, how will they all look in training camp? Now, if Haskins. Doesn't look ready at the start for the start of the season, and he struggles a bit in training camp in the preseason. Then I'm all for sitting him for maybe a month or two, seeing what Keenum can do as the starter. And you know, if Keenum can't light the fire under the team, and they are kind of like hovering around 500 or worse, then you throw Haskins in, give him a chance to develop over that last course of games. But uh, I've always maintained that you should. Way whether or not the quarterback, the rookie quarterback, is a better option than what you already have before throwing him in there. And if you have two known commodities, there's a good chance that he could be better than them at the very least. So personally, I'd like to see Haskins start early in the season. Um, at at the latest, I would like to see him start Week five. Um, personally, I think I'd like to see him start Week one, though.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, you spend a first round pick on the guy. You got to see. what he can do and you've got to try and catalyze that development as quickly as possible and he's shown in training camp you know that he has the you know I wasn't super high on his physical potential uh, in the draft season I thought he had good not great arm talent but he can certainly he has the accuracy you know uh, more than Case Keenum and Colt McCoy and he showed that in in, uh, training camp and or not training camp mini camp and OTAs and stuff so if he continues to show that you know, I don't think there's any reason not to unless Trent Williams is not out there. So definitely, and we could go on all day with this quarterback discussion. It's fun because you got Haskins, the first-round rookie. You got Case Keenum, the uh, the journeyman who's got experience. You know, he can, he can help, you know, kind of lift their floor. Uh, the ceiling is still low with him. And then you've got Colt McCoy who's just always waiting for his opportunity. And uh, we don't know if he's ever going to get it. We don't know if he deserves it at this point. But uh, it's going to be interesting to see which sword Gruden falls on because his job could be on the line for sure. Yeah, you
1: you say that. And yeah. it, another thing to look at with the Gruden aspect of it is, do you really want your first round quarterback to, in two years, have two new coaches, two new schemes, and have to learn a whole new playbook and all that? So the earlier you kind of get him out there and see where he's at and see where Jay Gruden can get him by year's end, I think the better because otherwise you're just going to set him back, you know, another year and you know, the next year, do we do we just try them out again because it's year two, even though it's a whole new system and it's like being a rookie all over, or how do we go about it? I think that, you know, a lot of his development kind of depends on how soon he starts and if Jay Gruden stays. So I think the sooner you get those two working together in real game action, I think the better it's going to be for both parties, whether it is in everybody's best interest to relieve Jake Gruden of his duties and kind of go a separate way, or if it's, you know, Haskins and Gruden could have something a real connection and a real, real good vibe going and kind of develop together.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And going off of that a little bit, having Kevin O'Connell in the system right now is kind of a good security blanket for that. Just going off of videos that have been on the Redskins site and everything from minicamp and stuff. O'Connell has been very active uh, in practices with, with Haskins. He's been upfront, hands-on with them, you know, always talking with the kid. And uh, you know, you got to think if Gruden doesn't make it through the season, they're going to have a quick transition plan with that offensive coordinator. So it looks like they've prepared to an extent. Uh, but still, it's really hard to see how it's going to play out at this point. And, you know, there might be a guy, you know, Snyder want, might want to start Haskins right out of the gate. Gruden might want to ease him in and give his golden boy, Colt McCoy, the uh, the keys to the car. So we'll see what happens, man. It's exciting. It's exciting. We're almost out of time, and I haven't, I've been irresponsible and haven't uh, given a storyline of my own yet. So I'm going to go on the spot here. Trey Quinn season is coming. Uh, we thought it was coming last year. It did not, unfortunately. He went on injury reserve twice, uh, which is impressive. Usually players only go on injury reserve once. He went on it twice last year. So, uh, you know, that's, that's Trey Quinn for you, though. He, he's just always going above and beyond. And uh, this season, he is in line to be the starting slot receiver. And, uh, guys, I don't want to. I don't want to act like Ike Hilliard's word is the gospel because you you can make a serious case that he's not the right guy to be the team's wide receivers coach, but uh, he went on the record recently saying that Trey Quinn was just a guy who knew how to play. You know, he was gushing about Quinn and uh, everyone's talking about his ability to catch contested passes and, you know, his route running savvy and just his attitude and, you know, just very gritty. I I hate using that word because that's the cliche word, but I just used it. Uh, automatically I'm sorry guys I couldn't help it but Trey Quinn I'm excited for it guys I'm legitimately excited it's not just satire anymore you know you can tell he he has some potential I'm excited to see not just Quinn but this whole receiving core in general because it's kind of a receiving core that's relegated as one of the worst in the league but there's definite potential there and uh, I'm I'm interested to see what happens
1: yeah no I think if Trey Quinn can stay healthy I think he's going to be one of the bright spots on this offense this year you got nobody on this team you got a young quarterback who probably has the biggest arm out of all the quarterbacks on the team and haskins who if he does whenever he gets in there he's gonna have to rely on his checkdown options a lot his kind of guy over the middle there trey quinn so that's a boost for quinn and then the other guys like we said they don't have you know cannon arms, so they're not going to be throwing it 30 40 d- yards down the field to paul richardson so enter trey quinn i think that he's primed that if he can stay healthy he's gonna just automatically be penciled in as one of the best, if not the best weapon on this offense. Depends on where Reed is and Geis and Peterson and Thompson, all of them, kind of how their roles play out. But I think Trey Quinn has, is on the fast track to being one of the the better players for this offense this year, and I'm excited for it too. I mean, he was Mr. Relevant, and I know everybody kind of crowned him the GOAT right away, Trey Quinn season, the SCAR and all that stuff. But, you know, he ha- he led the nation in catches at SMU. That doesn't happen by accident the kid can play i think he's going to be huge and i think that while what jameson crowder when he's right what he gives you all around is going to be hard to kind of just you know fill in and, and replace i think trey quinn is in a spot where he can definitely help minimize that impact of losing crowder
0: yeah yeah and terry mclaurin Calvin Harmon, a lot of young pieces to be excited about uh, in that receiving yeah, definitely. and we'll have to we'll have to see you know rarely do they all reach their full potential but uh the opportunity is there for them. You know, not a Cam Sims too. Can't forget about Cam Sims. He's another guy who's kinda trying to get into that battle. Can't deny a lot of uncertainty. No one proven yet, but they have the trades to do it, so we'll have to see what happens. Unfortunately, guys, we are out of time. If we missed any storylines that you were hoping to hear about, let us know in the comments and uh maybe me or Jacob will reply to you and we can talk it out. But uh, for now, we are out of time. Uh, we'll be back with another podcast shortly uh schedule is tentative tbd but we'll be back don't worry uh in the meantime peace out have a good night